Well, stop eating my sesame cake. Stop eating my sesame cake! Welcome to Double Impact. We've been watching Chris Delia Eminem impression Whoa. videos. And they are good. And I'm Greg. <laughs> Welcome to Double Impact, the podcast where we double back on the movies that impacted us growing up as 90s kids and decide whether they hold up today or are best left in the past. And I'm Tristan. <sighs> that was <sighs> some light comedy before we pod. Yeah. We went down a YouTube tangent. Mm. But it was worth it. Mm. Worth it. Had to be there. We're off the wagon. <laughs> you couldn't tell. In case you I had couldn't two beers. Tell. <laughs> We've cracked a beer. Yeah. Made this noise. There was kind of like a noise there. The drought is over. And the rap, is, the rap drought is over. <laughs> In all seriousness, where we have decided to allow Freestyle. ourselves to have a couple of beers today. Mm, yeah. Only a couple. To reward um, our non-drinking. And we've worked it, yeah, exactly. Here's a toast. I propose a toast. We've worked it into our macros for the day. Uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh. So we're allowed to have these bits. So stop judging us. I can yeah. hear you judging us. Yeah. We're doing Congo today. Yeah, we are. So, look, we would always drink when we needed to. Yeah. And this film required some booze. It's Look, let's be honest. It's going to be a – it's more of a bantery type of uh, setup. We're not, we're not going deep. This is not a Scorsese. This is not a well, Kubrick. This it says you. Well, sorry. Am I showing my cards too soon? Yes. 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 Yes, the uh, Michael Crichton novel uh, mm. film adaptation of mm. 1995. Mm, good year, 95. Mm-hmm. Agreed. <laughs> you got any little member berries for us from 95? Uh, 1995, look, I did, this is probably less on the pop culture scale, mm. but tearing in with the African theme of Congo was the year that South Africa hosted the Rugby World Cup and won the the Rugby World Cup, uh, ah. famously the great Nelson Mandela used it. It was probably, it was a very white sport and obviously apartheid was yeah. It was post-apartheid but it was, apartheid was still kind of rife yeah. you know, in terms of how they lived. Uh, and he used it as a symbol of unity to bring the country together to get behind the uh, Springbok team. Uh, is that what the Invictus movie in, is? Invictus. Ah, there you go. Starring yeah. Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Which I haven't seen. I haven't seen it either, but I just remember in the trailer, he really looked like a rugby player for some reason. He does look like a rugby yeah, player. Yeah, he's got that face. Yeah. And he obviously he trained like and stuff. Back. Like the body shape and everything. He just like kind of looked, he looked the part, I tell you what. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if he's done a better certificate accent than um, Archer. A-R-C-H-E-R. Yeah. DiCaprio's strengths are not accents. But he makes a point of saying that he's doing... Zimbabwean accent says different slightly there. Oh, that was good. Thank you. That was very good. Hit 95 was a big year. Did you know that 1995, the films Toy Story and Pocahontas came out oh, the oh. same year? Wow. It's a bit of a throwback. That was one of, <laughs> that's a Gregism from the early episodes. <laughs> I, I wasn't going to play my best cards early. <laughs> uh, I don't really have any other notes. Um. Look, I, I also was thinking we're at episode what now fifty four. I don't think I need to go through the top ten every bloody episode because yeah, it's getting a bit repetitive. But what about just some highlights? So, Toy Story, Pocahontas, um, Waterworld was this year. I'm pretty keen to do Waterworld. Ooh, yep, same. Uh, Get Shorty, Braveheart, Mortal Kombat. Interesting. Both the song and the movie, I believe, came out that year. And there are many highlights. Mrs. Doubtfire. Mrs. Doubtfire, oh dearie. Sally Field, is that, that was the moment. Is that actually from that year? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> Not that I'm aware of. Nor am I. Yeah, okay. Sorry. There is a very tenuous connection to Robin Williams in this movie though, which I'll get to later. Ah, gorillas. Yeah. <laughs> and Robin Williams' chest. <laughs> yeah, that's and basically his, it. And forearms. And his knuckles. And yeah. <laughs> um, uh, he's a hairy man. A well um, A great man. hairy man. God rest his soul. But I think it's worth celebrating the movie that came in at number 21 in, in uh, 1995. And that, that movie is Congo.
a bad rating. Not a bad rating. Given some of its peers. Well, it, it, it did pretty well for the era. So budget of 50 mil, gross five of 100. Zero. Yeah, 5-0. Uh, gross of 152 mil. Yep. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes score. Critics gave it 22%, unsurprisingly. Audiences gave it 29%, unsurprisingly. Unsurprising is a surprising word. Well, it, this is all kind of wrapped up in my my personal context for this movie growing up. Mm. It was very much, I, I mean, I'm sure somewhat deliberately, but also just in the small mind of a child, like, oh, it's Jurassic Park with gorillas. And that's, mm. that's what I was thinking it was going to be. Mm. And I actually wasn't allowed to Did see you? it, I don't think. I didn't see it as when it first came out. When you say, because obviously, you know, Michael Crichton. Yeah, well, it, so that was you, part of it. Yeah, did you? I knew the Michael Crichton knew, yeah. thing. I think my sister had gone to see it and maybe she's the one that explained the Michael Crichton thing. Yeah. And I think I maybe read, no, I read the novelization of the Jurassic Park movie. I didn't read the Michael Crichton thing. but yeah, gotcha. So I was big into Jurassic Park and I was mm-hmm. like, oh, so mm-hmm. the same guy? Oh, wow, well, yeah, fuck yeah. And I heard about the eyeball thing. Yep. And I was like, whoa, this sounds hectic. Yeah, cool. And I don't think I was Gregorious. allowed to watch it. And I think also because I didn't That's an anticlimax. Yeah, well, I eventually watched it later. I'll get to that in a sec. But the Congo thing, yeah, (laughs) yesterday, the Congo thing, I didn't know that was a place as a child. So I was linking that to King Kong or Donkey Kong. So I was like, Congo, oh, it's like a it's a crazy. you knew it as Zaire or Kinshasa. Exactly. No. (laughs) That's, That's what it used to be. Congo used to be called Zaire. Yeah, I didn't know that. I knew none of these things. Now you've learned. Now it's pronounced learned, son. Learned. So I was very pumped for this movie and then I kind of forgot about it and I think I watched it maybe as a teenager and I was like, oh. Huh. <laughs> Interesting. Oh. Oh. Interesting. But I did find it enjoyable as like a B-movie type of yeah. thing, not dissimilar yeah. to an Anaconda type of deal. So, yeah, that was that was my personal. Yeah. I remember this being quite a big deal. Yeah, for for me, I think. I, yeah, that's a good point. I think the uh, Jurassic buzz might have yeah. had something to do with it. And sorry, yeah, it, it felt genuinely big at the time. It didn't feel yeah, like it was, gonna it was be, a pretty big movie. Yeah, yeah, I thought. Um, I definitely. I think I probably saw it at the movies. Yeah, because that was peak movie going era for me. I definitely watched it a bunch of times on VCR. Right. At my mate Stev's house. My clearest memory of this film is that Stev firmly believing that he could beat up one of the great gorillas <laughs> in a one-on-one unarmed combat. He would take so the gorillas couldn't be armed? Neither. No, no, okay. no, no one's armed. Because those gorillas always, always well, reach their first opportunity, reaching for a weapon. Yeah, the shank. They're yeah. big on the shank. Uh, he specifically referred to a three-kick combo that he was going to execute to – Deliver this victory. Right. Um, think Paco from uh, Kickboxer. Sorry, from Bloodsport. You know, the Kickboxer oh, yeah, yeah, Bloodsport. Yeah. That was his inspiration. He said, I'll just give him the three-kick combo. All he really needed, though, was like some kind of satellite thing and stick a diamond in there and you go, he's a laser gun. Yeah, that just chopped him in half. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> we all saw that coming. This movie is bizarre. We'll get to that. <laughs> sorry. Um, Continue. Yes. And I think I was, I was big in like, things like Africa. We're exotic and exciting, and yeah, well, they still are, I guess. But yeah, uh, yeah, I was, I was into it. I remember really liking this movie. That's good in context. So yeah, I saw it when it came out. So I would have been what 14, 13, 14. Yeah, yeah, yeah loved it. That's probably a perfect age to picture to to see this particular <laughs> picture. Yeah, and not question Amy, but um, we'll get to that also. <laughs> yeah, I have plenty of questions about Amy. Mm. Amy's the gorilla, by the way. Yeah. I feel like this is one of those episodes where we can't count on people remembering a lot yeah, about this movie. So we'll, we'll try and provide context every step of the way mm-hmm. um, so you know what the hell we're talking mm-hmm. about. Um, but with we, that in mind, why we don't we start? We also might forget at times. Yeah, we, that's true. So just uh, if we forget, just pause. Deal with it. Maybe. <laughs> um, why don't we start with the origin story? Origin story. So did you know that this book was written before Jurassic Park? Oh. A whole 10 years before Jurassic Park. That makes it older. Yeah, 1980 it was written by Michael Crichton. He had just directed a movie with Sean Connery in it. So he, he, Rising he, he Sun? dabbled in both. No. 
No, Rising Sun was later, I think. But he'd, he'd, I guess, written and directed a movie called The First Great Train Robbery in um, 1979. And he wanted to make something else for him. Yeah. And he wanted to do kind of a version of King Solomon's Mines. Mm. And basically because everyone, even at that point, was into the Crichton business, Mm. 20th Century Fox bought the film rights before the book had even been written. And he was attached to direct. So this was a Crichton project through and through. And eventually he, he wrote the damn book. It came out in 1980. But when it came to the movie component of it, experienced a lot of delays. And the main thing was that Crichton realised he couldn't use real gorillas. Oh. Yeah. And CGI wasn't a thing yet. And so it's since 1980. And mm-hmm. um, he was like, oh, well, I guess this is dead. And he, he left the project. Technology. Well, I don't think he even thought that far ahead. He just kind of left the project. It bounced around Hollywood for a while. At one point, Spielboig was in talks. He said, uh, so he couldn't get real gorillas, so he went and made a movie with real dinosaurs. Yeah. Well, again, a, lot, a long time later. Ah, oh, yes. So this is 1980. But, yeah, well, speaking of uh, dinosaurs, Spielboig was in talks to direct. He said no, as was John Carpenter. Mm. Um, he also said no. John although Carpenter's I think that gorillas. That could have fit quite nicely, I think. Yeah, might have made it. Something. It kind of worked. That that tone would have been kind of nice. But they declined, and it never kind of really materialized. But then it came back. So during the production of Jurassic Park in '93, Crichton was like, "Oh, they can do dinosaurs and shit." The guy that did all that shit, the guy named Stan Winston, mm-hmm. he he did all that on on Jurassic Park. The producer of Jurassic Park, Kathleen Kennedy, those minds combined were like, "Well, why don't we just do this with the gorillas for for um." this movie called Congo. This one's called Congo. <laughs> and she suggested the project to be directed by her husband, Mr. Frank Marshall. So Frank mm. Marshall is a big fucking deal. Um, I'll, I'll get into him in a second. But ba- basically Frank Marshall um, was the director, became the director of this movie, and John Patrick Stanley became the writer. Now both of these two guys are actually big fucking deals. Frank Marshall, first and foremost, uh-huh. he is he is Hollywood royalty essentially, but more typically as a producer. So I mentioned Kathleen Kennedy before. He's a suit. He's a suit. They're married, but they actually met back in the day when they founded Amblin Entertainment with Spielberg. Wow. Yeah, so he's one of the most successful producers out there. Wow. And, and his wife, Kathleen Kennedy, is now the wow <laughs> is now the president or whatever of Lucasfilm, which is all the Star Wars stuff. So all that. Wow. New generation Star Wars action. That's that's her. She's the puppeteer. Puppet the Mandalay. The Mandalin. Mandalorian. Yes. Captain Corelli's Mandalorian. Correct. <laughs> yeah, that's all her doing. So she's a big fuck deal. Talk about fucking power couple. But speaking of him specifically, the movies, just looking at some of the movies he's produced, shit, son. Benjamin Button, Sea Biscuit, The Sixth Sense, The Color Purple, Raiders of the Lost Ark, all of the Indiana Jones movies. Back to the Future, all of oh, them. Yeah. The Money Pit. I, I like the, the Money Pit. Pit. Roger Rabbit, Hook, Cape Fear, The Bourne Trilogy, Quadrilogy, Quintupology, and Jurassic World, the new Jurassic World. And if that ain't enough for you, his dad was a composer and wrote the music for The Munsters. What did you do in your life? I would be happy with that, man. Wouldn't I you? met Frank Marshall. That's what I did in my life. Where? In in uh, at a urinal? <laughs> no, in L.A. In Where the, did you get it? <laughs> in L.A. In, at the CAA LAX? agency, Creative Arts Management or whatever it's called, for work. We were speaking to air quotes Hollywood creators about a project we were working on, and he was one of them, and he was a lovely dude. Did you know who he was? I had Googled him before because I didn't know who he was and I saw he directed Arachnophobia, which I failed to mention he directed Arachnophobia, uh-huh. which was a big movie for me as a child. It made me very scared to go to sleep every night. I look forward to revisiting. Yeah. And he was a lovely dude, man. I'm probably not allowed to talk about what we were talking about, but basically we, we, were, we wanted to make a movie. And so we were speaking to a few different people. He was one of them. And he was lovely. He seems and like an appropriate man for such conversations. Yeah, because yeah, he makes movies, yes. right? So like yes. – Bam, mm-hmm. square peg, square mm-hmm. hole. Yeah. Um, lovely guy. He was with two younger dudes. And I always think in those scenarios, like we're coming from a <laughs> – Greg's giving me funny eyes when I said younger dudes. I think these are more like up-and-coming creative types. They probably do the grunt work on a lot of stuff. <laughs> they come out wrong. Ah, oh, this is going terribly. <laughs> 
The point is, <laughs> Greg's trying to see me dig myself out of this. <laughs> what I mean, he okay. So let me clarify a little bit. He is quite old. Yes, and he's he's not old. What are he's we talking? Mid seventies, maybe. Yeah, and a really lovely dude. But I, he is too old to be doing all the, everything. So he he did have some younger dudes with him, and um, yeah. I always think when it's a when you're coming from an advertising point of view, like is that a bit of a sellout kind of thing? But he probably. But he came at it with a very good attitude and um, we didn't end up going with him. But we spoke to a few others. We spoke to Eva Longoria as well. Mm-hmm. She's got a production company. Spoke to Paul Hagis. Good spoke, guy. Spoke to Who's that? Who's Paul Hagis? Uh, ex-Scientology guy. Okay. He won an Oscar for Crash, which has gone down in history as like the movie that should never have won an Oscar. Yeah, it sure has. Yeah. I think he's a better writer. He directed Crash, though, I think. But he's a writer. And um, – Tom Hanks's production part of two. I don't think we went with any of them in the end. But the point is, really nice guy. Good. Which makes me feel bad about something I'm going to say about this movie. But ah, he's only okay. directed a few movies. So actually, I'll get into that. So he produced all those movies I mentioned before, but he stepped into directing in 1990 with Arachnophobia. And then in 1991, him and his wife, Kathleen Kennedy, founded their own production company. She A. Kennedy? No, I don't think so. Ah. Just yeah, he directed their first feature, Alive, which speaking of rugby, was about a rugby team stuck in the Alps or something. The Argentinian the team, yeah, it's a true story. Yeah, I haven't seen that. Have you seen? Yeah, that? I absolutely. I have. They have to eat each other. Oh, I heard about it. It's also based on a book, which is based on a true story. Yeah, but yeah, the plane. So crashes. he directed that. That was his first. They eat the buttocks. Oh fuck! But then this movie would be his follow-up. So Congo became the second movie that they produced and that he directed. Now the second part of that equation I mentioned, John Patrick Stanley mm-hmm. was the screenwriter. So Stunning, obviously it's based on a book. Stanley. Um, yeah, well, what if I told you that the writer of Congo was Pulitzer Prize winning, Oscar mm-hmm. winning writer. So he won a Pulitzer Prize for his play called um, Doubt, a parable, in 2005, so 10 years after this. But, it, uh, but before this... With, um, the great Philip Seymour Hoffman. Maybe. And is that the priest? I don't know much about it. But um, Pulitzer, like <laughs> the guy that wrote Pulitzer. <laughs> and he won Best uh, Screenplay at the Oscars in 1988 for uh, Moonstruck, which I haven't seen, which is supposed to be with, like a fucking good movie. Mm. It's got Nicolas Cage in it. It's got Cher in it. Cher. Doubt has... Uh the actress that everyone likes except me. She's in heaps of movies. Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep. Yeah. You don't like her because she dissed Kung Fu? Yes. Briefly. Yeah. That was a pretty ignorant thing to say if you ask yeah, me. Yeah, I agree. Anyway. Not a friend of the show. <laughs> but this, so this Not guy, welcome, actually. N- yeah, not a friend of the show. Except for in the River Wild. True. Very good. So John Patrick Stanley, a legitimate writer, somehow wrote this movie. <laughs> And he's very, very. We all have our off days. I, I mean, a bit kind of like what you just said about her. I feel like I don't like this guy. So go on. This is him talking about it. Oh yeah. Also, for context, I've been watching this making of TV special that would have aired probably in Australia 96? too at the time, and we would have watched it going, "Whoa!" And it's talking about this movie like it's a big fucking deal. Like, yeah, yeah. we did it. We made that happen. And his tone is very much... Smuggington? Oh, it's it's Mayor of Smuggington. The novel Congo was adapted into a screenplay by Academy Award winner John Patrick Shanley. Congo is a place that very few people have ever been to. Uh, It's often been called uh, the heart of darkest Africa. And if you were to go there, you would put on your shoes and walk through the Congo, you would probably die. You probably die. What you can't see is that face. Face. Smuggington smug face. There actually was described Action. in many ancient manuscripts the existence of a city founded by King Solomon for the purpose of mining wealth, specifically diamonds, and that it was called Zenge. It's like you know how Stephen Colbert talks sometimes ironically? He's, yeah. He's like, he talks like that yeah. normal. Like, well, actually, eyebrows arched. Adjust glasses. His eyebrows were <laughs> on a quite a smug angle. His his two eyebrows are the two mayors of Smuggingtonville. Actually, both of them are. <laughs> yeah. So it is interesting 
I mean, like him or not, he he is a a good writer, as it turns out. Like what happened on this movie? So he says that he met with Marshall and Kathleen Kennedy, and they asked him if he read the book, and he read the book, and he said, "Yep, I read it." They're like, "What do you think?" And he is like, "I like the title." Kind of implying he doesn't like the book, and they're like, "Great, <laughs> let's do it. Let's make the movie." And he's like, "Oh, okay." I like the title. <laughs> good. And he, I guess he was mates with them. He says he feels he felt a great loyalty to them, so said, "I'll do it." But the great white hunter has to be black, which is interesting. I can't do this thing where this white guy is telling all these black people what to do. I just can't bring myself to do it. So I think the great white hunter is what Sean Connery was going to be when mm. Crichton first envisaged ah, okay. this. But that's when I segue into casting because, of course, the great white hunter became none other than Ernie Big Earn Hudson. I like Ernie Hudson. I like and him I also. I like him in this. Can catch a ghost too. He can. He's known to catch a ghost or two. Mm-hmm. He's a he's a great uh, audience surrogate in in ghostly films, isn't he? I think that was the uh, phrase we were looking for in that episode, and I forgot. Remember, like, what's that word? He's good yeah. at that. Anyway, Bruce Campbell of uh, Evil, Evil Dead, Dead fame actually auditioned for the role of Peter Elliot, Doctor Peter Elliot, Amy's boyfriend. Um, the gorilla's boyfriend, yep. basically. And he didn't get it, but he got a small bit part, as you see in the beginning of the movie. Um, Hugh Grant was offered the role. He said no. Robin Wright was offered. She said no. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I can see that happening. But obviously in the mix we ended up with Laura Linney, Tim Curry for some reason, Ernie Hudson and fake Steve Gutenberg or mm-hmm. Dylan Walsh. For a half a second I thought it was Gutenberg. I was like, oh! Yeah, but it's not. Ah, it's not. Got a similar voice. And the hair. I think it was mostly the hair for yeah. me at that point. Is that a wig? I don't know. It was the 90s, man. Actually, and, it was 95. And, and we're, like we're clear on which Laura. It was Laura Linley. Laura Linney, not Laura Dern. Laura Linley. It was Laura Linney. Laura Linney. I'll quiz you on that later. Yeah, I don't, uh, they're inseparable. <laughs> All right. Well, that was the origin story. It movie. The movie got made. Yeah. Shot it partly in Africa, partly somewhere else, and partly in a studio. Ah. Um, with people in gorilla suits, as it turns out. I guess that's what? probably the only other point is that they went into this thinking they could do a, air quotes, a Jurassic Park and CGI these motherfuckers, but they couldn't do the hair. The hair was the limitation. So On on the actors? <laughs> the actors, yeah. That's why Sean Connery couldn't do the movie. Yeah. And uh, No, for uh, the gorillas. And ah. so that's why they end up with guys in suits, um, which is fair enough. I think they were all right, actually, but we'll get into that. I think they were pretty good. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, this would have dated so badly if it was CGI. Yeah. Anyway, that's one of my topics. I'll yeah. get to that. But um, that's how it got made. That's mm. where it came from. Mm. A rich tapestry of events. But let's play the trailer and get into the actual movie. Activate the remote. In the race for the world's most advanced communications technology, a shocking discovery has been made. What was that? Lock your remote. Give me a thermal reading result to 6-6. It will take two young scientists into the heart of the African jungle. Where a secret hidden for 2,000 years holds the key to the future. This is Karen Ross. 81452 Houston, do you read? You used to work for the CIA, and now you're travel cool. Some will come to it for science. This is a big deal, Charles. This is a big find. Some for fortune. A diamond mine of incredible bounty. And some to return home. She doesn't really belong anywhere, does she? No, she belongs here. Together, they will search. My boss, he thought I wasn't going to make it. He sent another expedition. Drawn deep into a mystery. Camp destroyed, people dead, a gray gorilla. No such thing as a gray gorilla. I saw one. And the more they discover... Same hieroglyphics over... Hieroglyphics. The greater the danger. (laughs) What do they say? We are... Watching you. Help me! Help me! Ah! Never saw an animal move like that. How intelligent are they? See, they're smart. They're too damn smart. Go! We're getting out of here. What about them? Put them on the endangered species list. From the best-selling novel by the author of Jurassic Park, 
The myth of the killer ape is true. Congo, where you are the endangered species. Oh. <laughs> where you are the endangered species. I mean, that's pretty different to the actual movie. That's a like I I want to watch that. I've been fooled back into watching. Yeah, it. where's that movie? That's uh, that's basically all the last twenty minutes of the movie. It almost makes sense in that yeah. trailer. Oh man, uh, for those at home, do you want to give a breakdown of? <laughs> try and make some sense of this plot. Yeah, sure. This is a love story. Oh, right. About a man and an ape. Mm. An ape that knows sign language. Yeah. A forbidden love that will cross continents, defy taboos and confuse audiences. Or is it about the legend of King Solomon's Mines? And a man that will stop at nothing to discover this legend. <laughs> or, or is it a love story about Laura Dern and or Laura Linney trying to find some guy she apparently almost married whose angry, greedy dad she works for while secretly being an ex-CIA operative? Or is it about a mythical grey gorilla? I don't think so. They turned out to be pretty insignificant in the plot. Right. Or is it about a political uprising in Kinshasa? Or is it about a great volcano eruption? This movie is about many things, and it is also about nothing. <laughs> so I guess we can sum it up best as a love story. Yeah. I agree 100%. Can I just segue into my initial thoughts on that? Because, yeah. What the fuck? She works at a telecommunications company, but she's ex-CIA. Why is that important? Is that just to justify her being able to shoot down missiles with a flare gun? Like, what? Yeah. There's so much weird shit... So much, I mean, most of, uh, I'll save some of these because most of my notes that I took while watching it were just questions like that <laughs> that I still don't know the answers to. Yeah. But in terms of initial thoughts, man, it takes a long time. It's not that trailer. No. Nah. And then not to say that it's all necessarily bad. Like parts of it in the. It's fine. It looks like it's fine. It's interesting. It could be better, but like. I don't mind like the African jungly stuff. The I hippo love that stuff vibe. was pretty cool. And it's like fun. the. The chaos of trying to get there, like, that's kind of cool, but it's not really the movie that it's set it up to be. It's confusing. And and if it's going to be all those other things, then like, it, it could have been done better. But it's kind of like Jurassic Park meets Indiana Jones, meets Anaconda, meets lots of other things. Yeah. But, yeah, in an, in an effort to do all those things, it doesn't really do any of them yes. well. Yes. But, yeah, I, I did kind of enjoy the jungle adventure stuff, which is, I guess, what the Jumanji movies are doing well mm-hmm. lately, I yeah. guess. It's got kind of that vibe Who to it, but it's less fun. And I think it could have just been more, is pulpy the word? I don't know if that's the right word. Be grady, like just have fun with it more. It's probably the same thing we said about Anaconda, but the tone of Anaconda is much closer to what I reckon this should have been. Mm. So, like, John Carpenter maybe should have directed it or – Taking uh, inspiration from Bruce Campbell being in it, Sam Raimi should have directed it, the guy that actually made Evil Dead. Oh, yeah. That would work because it's like that over-the-top. Had a bit more bit more blood in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like practical effects that are like obviously practical effects mm. but also just fun and, yeah. Because like, they kind of did that, like that opening scene where um, Bruce Campbell's character, spoiler alert, yeah. Turns around to see the monkey, that classic trope of the turnaround, look yeah. at the camera because you don't see what's killing him. He's like, what? Well, ah! And that's a big part of Evil Dead is like you get so much, many shots like that that are perspective of the thing running into the house and chasing him and all that kind of shit. So it, it could have been cool. And man, you could have maybe even had him playing Ash, the guy who plays in Evil Dead, because <laughs> he mm. goes on all kinds of weird adventures. Yeah. Um, into time. Yeah, exactly. So that's all, that's time? a soft repitch idea that I just kind of slipped into there. But I, that would be fun, man. Like that's the that's the tone of the, that this movie should have been, in my opinion. Mm. Um, but one thing I also noticed just today as I was reflecting on it, um, some interesting parallels with the movie Black Panther. So if you remember Black Panther, uh, a secret civilization in Africa? hidden in Africa with an element, in this case, Diamonds, but in this it was uh, vibranium that would unlock exponential technological progress for the world, 
but it had been kept in this little secret area. So do you think if Michael, assuming Michael Crichton's listening, yeah. he could hit up the old Marvel crew for a bit of ching Well, actually, I think Black Panther dates earlier than 1980. <gasps> yeah. No way, Yeah, no way, So I think actually Mr. Stan Lee or whoever – not Stanley, but, but you know what I mean. Owes some dollary dues. But in saying that, it's probably some kind of old school trope. Like, what's the world called in? It's got a cool name. Uh, Wakanda. Wakanda forever. Yeah. yeah, but thinking about it also, like the Phantom. There's probably it's probably a trope of like this yeah, secret society, true. secret civilization in Africa with this thing that's going to unlock deep whatever in the, the jungle. Yeah, deep in the jungle, whatever, blah, 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 blah. But what about you? What were your initial thoughts in the rewatch? Um, look, that it wasn't great, not great. Yeah. I mean, I happily watched it. I laughed That's the bit. thing I should probably call it. Too. Yeah, I, en- I, I enjoyed it. I had yeah. fun watching it. It was, a f- it was yeah. like, oh, really? Yeah. I was fascinated by how... I didn't pick up on some of the stuff when I even whenever I was thirteen. I don't yeah. care. Like I didn't bat an eyelid when I was a kid at watching a someone in a gorilla suit drinking a martini on a plane. That's weird, man. It's so weird. That was one of my questions. I have a whole <laughs> list of questions. <laughs> so in one of the scenes, they they're traveling to back to Africa from the US. The the gorilla is not you know in a cage in storage yeah. or whatever the fuck you do. It's sitting in a seat. Because it can speak. Make oh, should we explain how that yes, works? Explain the ex- so yes. this gorilla has learned sign language and they've created this device which reads the movement of her hands and then gives it a voice, translates it to English basically. So for all intents and purposes, this gorilla can, air quotes, talk. Um, which, but it's not even talking. It's Well, yeah, it gives a voice to sign language, which if humans just learn sign language, like the gorilla was always talking. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just given it. But anyway, the point is there's a whole bunch of weird things that this gorilla does, such as drinking a, a martini on a yeah. private jet. <laughs> Super what? weird. And like other characters called out like, well, should they be having a martini? And the trainer who is like an expert gorilla scientist, scientist guy is like, guy. Yeah, she's, allowed, she's allowed to have one. He relax. calms her down. The same was at the door. Yeah, he wants a martini. <laughs> He's learning to speak. You're teaching yeah. him to sign. Mother, Amy. <laughs> Ugly woman. Gosh, why? Uh, well, there was a real gorilla called Coco. Have you heard about Coco the monkey or Coco the gorilla? Uh, not related to what's the one that begins with R? I don't know. The gorilla that died. Pray for oh, oh, fuck. What was his name? Oh, my ha- God. Harubu. Hang on. Harambi. 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 No, this one died in 2018 and is basically Amy. Oh. So, and I first came across this in an episode of Seinfeld where George Costanza's nickname became Coco the Monkey. Oh. Because he wanted, remember, he wanted to make his name T Bone? Yes. Yeah. And um, he was trying to make it happen. Yeah. And his boss saw him like arguing or whatever. And he's <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like Coco the Monkey, referring <laughs> to this gorilla. But then I found out it's a real monkey. Well, it's a gorilla. It's not a monkey. There's a not difference. Not a Coco Pops monkey. But Coco, Coco the gorilla is a legitimate Amy. So everything we just said about this gorilla in this movie exists in real life with this gorilla named Coco. Oh, K-O, K-O. Yeah. So she became really popular apparently when it became known that she had adopted a kitten, a pet kitten. But oh, um, yeah. her instructor or and caregiver, Francine Patterson, said that Coco had an active vocabulary of more than 1,000 signs, mm-hmm. like sign language, and that puts her vocabulary at sort of like a three-year-old, which is pretty cool. And over her life she'd done IQ tests and things and she actually scored 70 to 90 on IQ, human IQ tests. Wow. It's wow. fucking cool. And I was watching clips of her and she does the tickle me, tickle me thing. That Amy kept doing in this, <laughs> which is and but but the best part, the very best part of this, she was very good friends with Robin Williams. Oh, is this starting to ring a bell a little bit now? There's like a they became buddies. So she actually died four years after Robin Williams, and there's like she was mourning his death. Oh. But I'll get into that in a second. Here's here's Robin Williams talking about 
Coco the monkey. Coco the gorilla. Hi, this is Robin Williams. I recently had a mind-altering experience communicating with a gorilla. Her name is Coco. We shared something extraordinary. Laughter. Coco understands spoken English and uses over a thousand signs to share her feelings and thoughts about daily events. Life, love, even death. It was awesome and unforgettable. I mean, it goes on to heaps of footage that doesn't really translate on audio, but we'll put it on Instagram. But he even worked it into his, like, stand-up and shit. It's pretty cool. Crazy. Because there is only one animal who can tell you if she is happy and wants to mate. That is Coco, the silverback gorilla. And she saw me, the blue-eyed simian. She was intrigued. She said to her trainer, and I went, what does that mean? She wants you to tickle her. Okay, I tickle her. She's, okay. Then she goes, what does that mean? She wants you to lift your shirt. I lift my shirt. She reaches out and grabs both my nipples. And when an 800-pound gorilla's got you by the tits, you listen. And then a fun thing happened because my balls went, somebody wants to play. Should we go to phase two? No, do not go to phase two. I repeat, do not go to lift off. This may feel like a human, but notice the placement of the thumbs. This is not a human. Do not go to phase two. Warning, warning. But she must have sensed something because she grabs me by the hand, starts to take me in the back, and it's like Doctori meets Deliverance. And I'm expecting the crocodile hunter to walk out and go, Oh, crikey. She wants to fuck his brains out. Watch out, boys and girls. Danger, danger, danger. This could be like that time I put my finger in a crocs cloaca. Bad, bad news. But part of me went, could be fun. Make a great story for a bar. <laughs> Guys are going, I had a wild night in Vegas. <laughs> yeah, well, I banged a gorilla. <laughs> Where's everybody going? <laughs> and you don't want that late night phone call like, ring, hello. <laughs> I mean, it raises the question though. What's his name? What's the character's name? Peter Elliott. He definitely went to phase two. Phase three. <laughs> it was, it was, he was a base. He four. was like, "What's the what's the last phase?" I, let's just go straight there. He, he loved Amy, but like I was saying, so Coco was born in 1971, so pre Congo. So there must have been some inspiration there for Amy coming from Coco. She signed language. She could uh-huh. speak English. Essentially, she could speak English. So like this thing that they have in this movie as like unbelievable happened, <laughs> and the technology they used to translate it into a human voice. It's probably very doable. I yeah, imagine. that felt not that amazing in 2020. Yeah. And so, but, if, but the thing is, even then, because the gorilla was actually already doing this, and they did legitimately become friends. They did not go to second or third base. But um, when Robin Williams passed away in 2014, I think it was, she was apparently noticeably mourning. Mm. Coco has been really somber and low key. Um, she's That's Coco's needing trainer. a lot of um, support. The sign that she told me was, she does a cry lip, meaning cry woman. Head bowed, lip quivering, Coco shares her grief with her lifelong trainer, Dr. Penny Patterson. I talked to Patterson at her home, not far from the Northern California Gorilla Foundation where she works. She's aware um, who it was. Uh, there's only one Robin in our, ever been in our life. <laughs> Only Robin, she knows. Her memory is strong. That is cool. But also, in all that making of shit I watched, there was no mention of Coco the Gorilla. Surely that was a massive influence. Jerks. Jerks. So Crichton, I'm, 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 I'm coming for you, Crichton. Credit yeah. where credit is due. Justice for Harambee and justice and for Coco. Coco. Where do uh, gorillas, man? Someone's got to look out for him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Coco passed away in 2018, the age of like 47 or something. There seemed to be quite a few films around this time that had primates. Oh, really? Mm. What else? Uh, well, 1995 also had Outbreak. 
that little shit monkey. Yeah. Patient Zero <laughs> monkey. Mm. Uh, Jumanji. Oh, was that the same year? I think so. Ah. Maybe. Yeah. Had some mischievous chimps, of course. Uh, yeah. Born to be Wild was a family drama about a delinquent teen who befriends a gorilla. Twelve Monkeys came out that year. I don't think it did. It did. Did it? <laughs> yeah, but it's got nothing to do with I monkeys, know, really. Oh no! Technically, the, I think the, the virus started with monkeys. I don't yeah. know. It's in the title. I actually really want to do Twelve yeah, Monkeys. Yeah, that was me trying to do the song, but it wasn't right. <laughs> From Twelve Monkeys. Yeah, that's good memory, man. The song. It's yeah. got it. It's a very particular song. Well, I don't. I don't remember it's, the movie at all. I. The only thing I remember from that movie, legitimately, is I was. I was like, man, Brad Pitt's a good actor. That was my first takeaway from that movie. I was like, he is. It's when he branched bad. out. Yeah, and I was crazy like, oh. like, and he had like a little weird tick he did. And my recollection of that film was watching it with my brother and his then girlfriend, and I was like, oh, I really don't like Madeline Stowe. Like, there's just something about her face. Huh. And then his girlfriend, who I didn't like, yeah, said. A lot of people tell me I look like her. <laughs> <laughs> and she did. Madeline Stowe, where's she been? I don't know. She probably didn't. She probably heard my feedback. <laughs> Crushed her. Oh, should I get into some of my questions about this movie? <laughs> yeah. I think we've covered some already. but You might need two parts. So, well, the first one I think I just covered off. Okay, Amy's a talking gorilla. That isn't that special. I mean, it's special, but it's not, this isn't like a, as a movie concept, unless it's like more the story of Coco the gorilla's life, like that's yeah. interesting. Unless Robin Williams is involved, it's like you can hide in this shit. You can hide it more. But anyway, that guy wants diamonds. <laughs> <laughs> Tim Curry wants diamonds for some. Well, but then also he said he would payroll the trip. But then I don't yeah, think he, he does. He didn't have any money. Yeah. So why does he even get to go? It doesn't make any sense. Laura Linney was chasing her husband or fiancé. She said, I almost married him. Yeah. But then it's like they're setting up her to hook up with yeah. the other guy. But then Didn't they don't, happen. which is fine. But then it seems like too many layers of complexity, like you rightly pointed out in your synopsis. Do you think based on a book had something to do with it? Do you think? I actually read the book after watching this movie when I was young. The, origi- the actual yeah, yeah, original the book. 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 Ah. I don't remember because I was a kid. It was a long time ago. Well, one answer I found for myself big. was that Tim Curry's character was not in it. Yeah, right. <clears throat> so I was looking up the differences between the book. And um, so in the book, the diamonds are useful as semiconductors for that telecommunication shit, but, but they're it. worthless as yeah. gemstones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so Tim, diamonds, Curry, yeah, Tim Curry's character was not in it, which – Makes sense why his character makes no sense in the movie because they just wedged him in there. As and he like, keeps popping up. Hello. As, yeah. As like Hello. a, just because it's like, well, it's a movie. We need to have a guy like that in it, don't we? And he's just there. He, goes, he pops. I'm from a crazy place. I'm going to get the diamonds and we will all be rich. I'll bankroll it. I don't have any money. Carol had said that when we were watching. She goes, why does he just keep appearing? He just keeps popping up. It's so weird. And so that was like a real moment of like, oh, that makes sense now when I read that. It makes sense why it makes no sense. Yeah. And a couple of the other differences... Um, there were other countries. This was like a race. So like Japan, Germany and Holland were, were all trying to find the lost city of Zinge. Mm. And the gorillas, so this is how the gorillas were described, which is interesting to me. This may not be at odds with what's in the movie, but it wasn't as explicitly clear as this. So the they were gorilla, chimpanzee, yeah. human yeah. hybrids. So their mass and height is closer to humans than gorillas. The skull is greatly malformed. Um, the ridge that makes gorillas' heads look pointy and nearly non-existent, um, as well as their pigmentation, yeah, whatever. They're light gray, yellow eyes. But A, I don't know if it was that clear in the movie whether that was what they were, but if they're part human, and they, they did say that these were bred by like that ancient civilization or whatever to mm. protect the whatever mm. the fuck. So if they were bred and they're part human, is that starting to suggest some inter... Oh, Hot, yeah. Into some Amy so love. Is, is this really to your point? Is this actually an ultimate love story about man banging apes? Well, because you got Amy right there with with her care. Amy, come sit on my face. Yeah, he almost said that. He she, said it with his eyes. That's the Damien Rice song. Sit on my face. 
Baby, come sit on my wall. Wall. Uh, okay. Not face. That's my favorite. Amy, come sit on my wall. <laughs> but yeah, it's, that's weird. But that was the only question I got answered. My other questions were, um, why does the volcano erupt? <laughs> uh <laughs> Can you shoot missiles out of the sky with flare guns? Mm, I like that bit. That was. It, it seems like all you have to do is squint <laughs> and you're good. Mm. I was, in their defense, I was like, the maybe heat it's heat. Are they, are they heat trackers? Yeah. Okay, so that maybe works then. They, maybe? they told us that. Oh, did they? Yeah. Yeah, I think I missed a lot of this. Yeah. <laughs> you're writing a previous questions. Yeah, probably. The symbol that the is. The eye thing? It's just an eye, man. Yeah. Like. Surely just make it something more specific so that when you see the gorilla has drawn that symbol, it's like, whoa, okay, well, there's only one possible scenario for that. And speaking of her paintings, why does it take (laughs) – so (laughs) Amy the gorilla misses the jungle. It's starting to look like a jungle. (laughs) (laughs) So she's a gorilla. In captivity. He's a gorilla expert. Also, she can talk. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> Yet he has to decode her paintings to, to figure out that she misses, she misses the, jungle. the jungle. Every painting is of a jungle, essentially. It's starting to look like in here. Um, and this idea, they've impl- they implied in a few occasions of this movie that <laughs> this is great because Amy will be able to translate animals to us. Yeah. But that, that's, not, that's not how it works. No. <laughs> because... Other animals don't can't, speak sign language. Sign. Yeah, so this is, I was trying to like she's come up with the a, odd one out. She, yeah, exactly. I was trying to come up with a, like an analogy to make it work. So to, to make to show how it doesn't work. So it'd be like if we taught a guy from Australia sign language, then sent him off to Japan to translate for us with people <laughs> that don't speak sign language or English. Like, what is they translating other than some basic body I think language? He's hungry. Yeah, other than basic body language, which she may be able to give a sense of, which also the grill expert should already have a sense of. There's no. Nope. Upside here. No. It doesn't make any sense. But there is a scene at one point where she says, hey, go away, bad apes, leave alone or whatever, and they go away. Ugly apes, ugly. Ugly gorillas, ugly, go away. You don't know what to make of it. Amy. But they don't sign or speak English, so why would that have worked in and any way? And why would the grey gorillas, which I'm, which we understand to be far more aggressive and scary than a regular ape, yeah, why would one regular gorilla scare off? Yeah, a, a room full of grey gorillas. One that's speaking English and maybe doing some science. Yeah, like, like, what and, is, they, and then they try and warrant it by going, they don't know what to make of her. Y- yeah. Well, they'd probably crush a skull. Yeah. Yeah. With one of those dunky dunks, and then unless just, she knew a three kick combo. <laughs> yeah. Um, Amy. Oh, that was another one. Why is Amy Kickboxer. allowed to have a martini? Um, what is the laser? I don't really get what what that was. She sticks a diamond so, in her thing it's and for it becomes. Communications? A, not a, but but you she can makes also it a kill gun. people. But she makes it a gun yeah. first? This is so many problems. And chops this. them in half? So let's say that she's working for this telecommunications company, that this diamond but is. But they need gonna, a new thing to make money. They need a new thing to make money. So they're going to make. Let's say it's a it's a, a an iPhone type of deal. If that thing can be weaponized, that's a huge problem for. Surely, <laughs> like remember the exploding a, Samsung phones. This is next level. Like the people getting sliced in half with a, lasers, it's diversifying their revenue streams, man. And, and They're going can, into it, into arms. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Those were most of my questions, <laughs> of which I only got one answer. I did. Uh, Charles Munro was sporting a rather fetching uh, Rolex GMT Pepsi. Who's Charles Munro? Ernie. Oh, yeah, yeah. I noticed his Rolex, yeah. That's, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the blue and red one, yeah? Yeah, that's yeah, right. yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you, Michael Crichton. Yes. Can we talk about him? Did you know in 1973 he directed a film about a Western-themed amusement park where the androids malfunction and go around killing people? Oh, Westworld. Did you know what it was called? Westworld. Westworld. Oh, was that his? Interesting. Yeah. Have you watched Westworld, the TV show? Uh, parts, yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah. Did oh, you fuck, know? Now that you mention it, there's – yeah, okay. Got another one. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
He wrote a book about a, uh, a theme park island. Future world. Core existing um, of genetically engineered uh, fully fledged dinosaurs, which then escaped causing terror for the people there. And do you know what it was called? Jurassic Park. Billy and the Clonosaurus. Really? <laughs> no. <laughs> then when Skinner... Mine is about a futuristic amusement park where dinosaurs are brought to life through advanced cloning techniques. I call it Billy and the Clonosaurus. Oh, you have got to be kidding, sir. First you think of an idea that has already been done, and then you give it a title that nobody could possibly like. Didn't you think this was a bestseller was- list for 18 months? Every magazine cover had it. Popular movies of all time, sir. What? What are you thinking? <laughs> but yeah, you're right. Sorry. Yeah, that's actually a good point. I forgot about that because I did hear that and I was like, because I don't know much about Michael Crichton, but I'm like, is that are all his things of just parks with? <laughs> because guess- Jurassic Park and yeah, Westworld was his good show, by the way. It's not as it's not good, good, but it's. Pretty good. Yeah, I watched the pirated version. I couldn't. It was quite dark. Oh, yeah, it's a pretty dark show. It's good to binge. It's I watched got the, the great first. Anthony Hopkins in it, doesn't it? It's also got the great Jeffrey Wright. I love Jeffrey Wright. Actually, that's a similar. That's a, that's a nice segue in actually one of my other topics, which is Tom Clancy. I always confu- like merge. Yeah, Tom Clancy and Michael Crichton. And that's a good point because they're. They're both Childs. like those ones where the like Stephen King a little bit, but that's a different genre altogether. Whereas they are brands, yeah. And like it's Tom Wilbur Smith or Michael Crichton, like the book when you were a kid. The, the you know. book took their name took up the whole cover yeah, of the book, yeah, and then yeah, it had yeah. like some. Yeah. Did you ever get into the um, Wilbur Smith books? No. They were always what South they? Africa, and really? they were always hyper violent and hyper sexualized. Well, they sound pretty damn good. I used to re- in my teens. I was mad into them. They were you could get away with because there's a book. You just read it, and no one would question your deviance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, there was that Instagram account or Tumblr or whatever. It was people on public transport reading Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I guess that would be more low key because people don't know what it is. But hey, I wanted to talk a little bit about Laura Linney and the cast in general. It made me think, Laura Linney, A, she looks exactly the same now as she did then. This yeah, is. that was that was a trip, wasn't it? And I, it made me think a lot of – I've seen Laura Linney in a lot of stuff and she's always bloody good. Is she like one of the most underappreciated? <sighs> I don't know. Did well, because you can't differentiate. Does can she live in the shadow of Laura Dern? I'm, I'm really well, I feel like Laura Dern has more respect. Yeah. And Laura Linney is out there delivering every fucking time. But what about in Truman Show? That's Laura Linney. Oh. Uh, okay, wait. I'm going to save some of those. We're going to do a little test on Greg later because he has a real problem. I thought this was Laura Dern. Well, it's not. And then I thought. <laughs> and then I thought that um, what's that movie that shits me that I hate so much at Christmas? Oh, both of us love actually. We hate. Yeah, love actually. That's Laura Linney. It is Laura Linney. All not right, Laura should we do a little? Dern. I'll do a little test here. Uh, I'm going to shout out a movie. You tell me if it's Laura Linney or Laura Dern. Okay. Ginger Bine. Yes, that's a movie. Um, I'm going to say Laura Linney. Correct. Yes! I'm learning. (laughs) Not bad. I'm one from one. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Out of the Shadows. I don't know. Linney. Correct. Love Actually. Linney. Blue Velvet. That's got to be a Dern joint. Yeah, she's a she's a frequent collaborator, Mr. Lynch. Jurassic Park, Linny. No, Dern. Ah. That's the easy one. <laughs> <laughs> That's supposed to be the easy one. There is no easy one, mate. The Exorcism of Emily Rose. Ooh, Dern. Linny. Ah. Sully. Dern. Linny. <laughs> Cold Pursuit. Linny. Dern. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, a lot of these movies I haven't seen. Truman Show. Linny. Yes, that's correct. And that was probably my first Linny. But I do think she's one of those actors, man, that she's probably not getting her due. In- I mean, she's been nominated for three Oscars. She hasn't won any. And she's always delivering, man. But then I was also thinking. Oh, great. Jurassic Park's Laura Dern. Yeah. <laughs> 
But I was thinking this whole cast is maybe that. Because oh, the Ernie, cast is well, they're all that. that there's these actors that have, are delivering constantly, like Ernie. In obviously in Ghostbusters, is good. Yeah. he's good in everything. He's one of those guys that's really good in everything. Like this is a this this movie has all these all the leading actors are people that don't usually lead things. Yeah, I described it as a, a melting pot of actors who look familiar and are in stuff. <laughs> yeah, but whose names I don't know. A lot of that guys. Yeah, yeah, it is a lot of that guys. Do you Tim- know who Grant Hesloff is? No. Yes, you do. Who's that? He's an actor with googly eyes. <laughs> Oh no, the the guy that's, that's basically gorilla fodder. Yeah, yeah. He's the he's the mate of in this movie with long hair. He yeah, looks like Jason Manzukis a little bit, a little bit. That um, he's the collaborator with with um, George, the great George Clooney. He's he produced um, he's a co-producer of Argo and stuff. Like he's got some. Oh cred. really? Yeah. But even Tim Curry to a degree, right? Tim Curry, he, like he's one of those guys, and Bruce Campbell. But he's pretty. He's probably. I don't want to say overrated, but he has like a place in people's hearts. And what about Stop Eating My Sesame Cake? Oh, yeah. Del- Delroy Lindo, his name is. Is that his name? He was great. What a scene. Have some uh, coffee and cake. Have some. Liar, liar, your pants on fire. Mr. Homoka, stop eating my sesame cake. Stop eating my sesame cake. He's in heaps of stuff. He's in Get Shorty. He's in Romeo Must Die. Oh. Wow. What did you think of the special effects? Good. I thought Amy was a good gorilla. Uh, yeah, man, I, I agree. genuinely was like, I mean, is she real? No, she's not. She's drinking a martini. The one thing it's got going against it is the fact that this came out two years after Jurassic Park, which is it's not a fair comparison, but it's pretty hard not to make that comparison. Me, 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 me. Yeah. But dinosaurs don't have hair. But man, it dinosaurs is, have feathers. Well, that's interesting, right? So I want to see the more accurate cut now with dinosaurs with feathers because a T Rex would essentially just look like a massive chicken. Did T feathers? <laughs> did T feathers? <laughs> would it? It would too. It would because it? it's got little arms. Maybe it had like little chicken wings. Oh, you could nibble on them. How, how big <laughs> would they be? <laughs> big dinosaur big wings. wings. <laughs> Wait, hang on. Edit that. Say chicken wing. <laughs> you can say chicken wing. If you chicken just say wings. wang, it sounds yeah, like something else. Um, it's a penis. But I agree. Suddenly the movie is very different with its feathered covered um, <laughs> dinosaurs. Was it all feathers or was it just the raptors and whatnot? I think it was a, a lot of them had varying degrees of feathers. Like birds are essentially a pretty direct descendant apparently. They look I think like they, it. Yeah. They act like it. Well, they actually, act- I, I say they act like it really because they base the dinosaurs in on, the movie on the birds. Did they? Yeah. Especially them. Well, we've got to save all that for when we do, uh, yeah, the ones that fly especially. Yeah. <laughs> we'll save that for a Jurassic Park episode. But I think if it wasn't so easy to go, oh, but Jurassic Park was three years earlier, I think there's people, humans in gorilla suits doing a good job, man. Which one? Yeah. They all were. All the greys. They were all humans. Wow. And I was a bit sceptical at first because that one of the first encounters with the grey gorilla for whatever reason, to heighten tension or whatever, it's all blurry. It's like blurry cam. And I was like, oh, they're hiding it just because they're shit. But when you see them later, they're pretty they're fucking good. good, man. And they were ugly. And how shit would it, if they did do CGI, the movie would be dated tenfold, a thousandfold. At least what, maybe even a thousand and a bit. A thousand and a bit fold, man. And the the hippos looked cool. Yep. I got, I got a question for you, Greg. <laughs> Is it is a hippopotamus just a really cool apotamus? <laughs> That's a uh, it's a Mitch Hedberg it's a Mitch Hedberg joke. Is it? He does it great though. Yeah, <laughs> you know he does it. Is he's hey is, is a hippopotamus a hippopotamus or a really cool apotamus? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's got to be in the context of his good dad joke. Though. It's yeah. a good dad joke. Um, big friend of the show. Big friend of the show, Mitch Hedberg. God rest his soul. I got a question. Yeah. Would you say that the Congo is one of the main characters of this film? <laughs> I wrote that down. <laughs> I knew I had to get in before you were there. That was one of my last notes. <laughs> the second last point. <laughs> I would say it is. Yeah, You're 100% absolutely. right there, Craig. You're 100% right. I was kind of big. I talked about ape films earlier. About Africa films. Yeah. Are they still 
Still gonna. So there's going to be Jungle Cruise. What's that? So that's a Disney movie based on a ride. So it'd be like Pirates of the Caribbean. Mm. There's one of those. One of the iconic Disney rides is the Jungle Cruise, oh, okay. and it's going to have The Rock. And, yeah, I was going to uh, say that's got Rock yeah. written all over it. <laughs> and uh, what's her name? Uh, Emily Blunt. Emily Blunt. And it's going to be all old timey, and they are on a Jungle Cruise, and it's uh, stuff ensues. That's it. I'll watch it. And she's delightful. Like we're saying the recent trips to Wakanda. And I think maybe that was like a refreshing, like people like, yeah, wait, we need more movies of Africa. Mm. My, I think my entry point to African films was The Power of One. Oh, yeah. I'm unsure if I saw that. Uh, it was like, yeah, it had to be, it was over two VCRs. Whoa, yeah. those are big deals. Yeah. Was it double stacked or was it a big square? Uh, double uh, stacked. Yeah. There was double also stacked. that, was it The Air up there? Was it that one? Is that Kevin Bacon? He went to oh, Africa goes, play basketball. Yeah, 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 to get the recruits. But all of those were very much treated as like, well, not all of those, not so much Power of One, I don't think, but that one, the air up there, it was a bit like novelty. Like, That's crazy. Do you know like, what else? A bit like Showdown Little Tokyo, like that kind of yeah, foreign, a, yeah. it's not wacky. Yeah. Some stereotyping. Yeah. Uh, Ace Ventura When Nature Calls was 95. Oh. Same year. Yeah. And the next year, the year prior was The Lion King. Also in Africa. Also in Africa. Fun fact. Albeit, <laughs> albeit a drawn Africa. Yeah. Uh, 96 was The Ghost in the Darkness. Did you get around that? No, what's that? It's, ba- it's got Val Kilmer and someone else. Huh. And it's set and it's a true story about this lion that came and used to eat everyone. Really? Yeah. Oh, and they called that. it The Ghost. And the- There was two lions, true story, and they used to come and eat people. Oh, that's fucked up. John Voight? No. Who's in the Ghost in the Darkness? Anyway, it's a good movie. I had someone else. I had Margaret Douglas. Margaret Douglas. <laughs> R.I.P. the great Kirk Douglas. Oh, yeah. Sad news today. Spartacus himself. Yeah. One of the greatest Hollywood leading men of all time. Yeah. Passed away at the great age of 103. I was Googling that today, like, just, you know, whatever. I was like, well, I want to see what, what movies has, like, what are his movies? And there are so many. Mm. It's like a different era, I think, where you just pump, pump out, out all these movies. Yeah, he was the man. And it sounds like a bit of a legend, like just a good guy. Although the, the, the Jean-Claude Van Damme story we The Jean-Claude had, Van Damme story, so um, relevant. Which is so little, but I feel like there's little stories are the ones that are a good sign of character. Indeed. Should we get into the verdict? I think I've covered them all. My shit, you got other shit? Nah, nah. Got all nothing. right, verdict. Let's go to the verdict. I don't know what to say, really. I don't remember asking you a goddamn thing. I am the law. I'd like an answer to the question, Judge. I want to have them answered immediately. You can't handle the truth. What are you waiting for? Huh? Say what again? Say what again? I dare you. Nothing further. Your Honor. And that's all I have to say about that. I mean, I think we, we've covered a lot of the pros and cons. Like it's on one level a fun jungle adventure, but perhaps could have been more fun. Mm-hmm. Special effects are like when they're good, pretty good. So much randomness in the mix though that's a bit mm-hmm. all over the joint. But it was enjoyable to watch. Yeah, it was a bit of a lull. So it's not a good movie, but it's it's a pretty good bad movie. Yeah. Yeah, so I would still recommend a rewatch because it's fun. Yeah, if, <laughs> if if you like me and you liked it a lot when you were young, it's pretty funny to watch again. It's pretty funny. Yeah, it's funny. It is funny. There's probably better things to do within 45 minutes of your time, but... And Ernie is legitimately really good at this mm-hmm. and he's my MVP. And Tim Curry is like, it's he's completely not essential, but it still adds, it's fun. I think they, <laughs> they were looking for something in that... Re- that realm. Yeah, and it feels like he didn't even need to do an accent to be that character, but it's he was probably just yeah. like, hey, what about this? I'll talk like this today. I think my character is Romanian. <laughs> uh, so I would say a rewatch. Take a rewatch. And your MVP was? <laughs> Big Earn. Did you have any recasties? Oh, apparently he said this is his favourite role of, of his career. Really? Yeah, maybe because it's his leading role. I saw him in Grace and Frankie recently. He looks the same. And he's got to be 70s or something now. He's aging well, huh? Yeah. The only recast that I had was while we were watching that clip before is maybe Robin Williams as the the gorilla trainer. Oh, yeah? <laughs> that would have been cool. It would be cool. I had, um, just as we were talking, when we talked about Captain Coralie's mandolin, it's like, oh, Nicolas Cage would have brought a little dimension to this film. 
Yeah. As the trainer, monkey trainer. Or as, oh, fire, what would be the perfect? Yeah, like that might, it doesn't get to be crazy enough. Though. I'm here yeah. in the jungle. Yeah, true. Yeah, it works. Yeah. yeah okay, that checks out. Yep, approved. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess that's it. What did you think? Did you agree? Did you disagree? Let us know. Did you actually watch rewatch this? Yeah, I would rewatch it. At least watch the trailer. What have we got coming up next? Um, at some point we have Baywatch coming up. Um, I think we've got Cool Runnings coming soon Ooh. too. A little deep cut with Copycat. Um, I think then the next JCVD coming up is going to be Universal Soldier, which is mm. pretty exciting for me. That was a big one for me. Me too. I'm um, all ears for that one. Oh, that used to fuck me up, that bit. Anyway, leave us a review if you can. That would be nice. And we'll see you next week. Yeah. Bye. Thursday night cast. Thursday night cast. <laughs> Listening still on a Monday. It's all. Ugly gorillas. Ugly. Go away.